program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Come inside me, pum pum pum. Come. Welcome to the Adam Sex Show. We are not live, but this is. I was not ready for that. I was ready. (laughs) I was ready. That was spontaneous. I was ready. This is a special lost ass. The lost ass that we are replaying. The lostest. There's something happening with men in the ass. We are replaying this for the first time on Saturday, December 7th, 2019 at dnrstudios.com. The only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. I like when you go, the only place. If you listen elsewhere, leave us your ratings. Email me. Me. At adamatadamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. And if you're going to be in the New York City area the weekend of December 13th through 15th... What's going on? Ryan and I will be singing our little hearts out, and Ryan will be dancing his ass dance. off... Dance! Don't make me dance. ...with the New York City Gay Men's Chorus at our holiday extravaganza... Extravaganza, darling. ...at the Skirball Center for Performing Arts. Uh, you can get tickets at nycgmc.org. If you come to the concert and you're a listener... You know, hang out backstage, or not backstage, but hang, hang out in the lobby and look for us. I will probably be holding a basket collecting money because I never like to sing the last song. I like to uh, be yeah. one of the volunteers yeah. who goes out and collects money. We'll get on the, the step course. and repeat, and we'll take a little picture. Yes, we'll take selfies with you. JB, we'd like to see you there as well. What, what day is it again? <laughs> December 13th through 15th. <laughs> what did you just say? He was like, he said, sure. Uh, I, I, I burnt at the same time. <laughs> it sounded like you said Trump. He was like, <laughs> well, listen up. Today's lost episode dates back to November 15th, 2017, over two years ago. Oh my this was uh, episode number 22, and my co-host that day was none other than Scott Hernandez. Oh, my God. This is the, the one, one and only one time. Twice he, he co-hosted, but this was the uh, the last time. And our guest was someone who, unfortunately, will probably never do the ass again because she's gotten too famous. She really, her career has blown up. Yeah. She's one of my oldest and dearest friends in comedy, Michelle Buteau. And since she was on the ass, she's been a recurring character on the new Tales of the City on Netflix. She uh, starred in the new BET Plus series, The First Wives Club. She was in the Rebel Wilson movie, Isn't It Romantic?, and has done tons of other episodic TV. So I've asked her repeatedly to come back on the ass, but she's always in production for something. So she can't do it. One day. 
One day, Michelle. One, one catch day we'll have her so. back. But l- luckily, we do have her on this classic episode, which you'll now get to hear again. She's so goddamn funny, and you know what a good laugher Scott is. Oh, yeah. So the whole interview is just her making him laugh, and then at one point, she turns to him, and she goes, do you speak? Because he doesn't... <laughs> I think it's my favorite ask show any questions. that I wasn't on. Yeah, it should so be. so good. Uh, so also, we discussed Sam Smith, who at that time had just come out as non-binary, and who Ryan has since outed as being a messy bottom. Yeah, this he this was that was a few months after I cleaned his uh, dirty sheets. On his shit covered sheets. So sit back and enjoy episode twenty two from November fifth. Wait, from November fifteenth, twenty seventeen. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius, more well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, and now. The one, the only, Adam Bottom. Yes, my ass is open for business again, ladies and gentlemen. My ass is open to the wind. Today is Sunday, November 5th, and with me again on The Adam Sank Show is my guest co-host, Realtor to the Stars, Scott Hernandez. Hola. Give it up for Scott. <laughs> There's no applause. There we go. Scott, I got a lot of shit from listeners the last time I had, the first time I had you on as a guest because I called you a realtor. And apparently it's pronounced realtor. Realtor. Yeah. Realtor. Um, Are the levels good? I can't really hear myself as well as I could the last show that we did. Okay. Um, So, Scott, here it is, November already. How's your November going? It's going well so far. I can't believe it's November already. (laughs) It seems like just yesterday we were in Halloween costumes together, dressed as crayons, and I was having a coughing fit. But time flies when you're having fun, and we are back. Uh, This is a taped show. Do not call us. Not that you ever do. We were live last week, and the only fucking person to call in was Charles from Cornhole. So fuck y'all who bitch at me when we don't have a live show. Yeah, because you don't call. What difference does it make if it's live or not if you're not going to call in? And you email me, you send me nice Facebook messages and comments, and you say, oh, I love your show. Give us a call, unless you're time shifting. I mean, that's a legitimate excuse. Um, but anyway, even though I don't want you to call, I do want you to tweet about us uh, using hashtag ass. Email me at adam at adamsank.com with any questions or comments. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. We only have about 500 likes, and I want more. We have a tremendous show today because coming up uh, later in the hour is one of my all-time favorite comedians, uh, both in terms of people that I know and love and also people that I just enjoy watching. It's Michelle Buteau. She's hilarious. You guys will recognize her from so many TV shows, including VH1's Big Morning Buzz Live, which uh, she was the co-host of with Nick Lachey. Um, Best Week Ever, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, so many shows. She's hilarious. She'll be here in studio very shortly. Um, but in the meantime, Scott, we have many, many things to discuss. And some of these were things I wanted to talk about last week, but there was so much breaking Kathy Griffin news that we had to basically talk about her for 
the first 30 minutes of the show. So one of the topics that caught my eye recently is that pop star Sam Smith came out as gender non-binary. I don't know her. <laughs> her is not a proper pronoun for someone who is gender non-binary. I don't know them. Very good. Sam Smith, do you know? Do you really not know Sam Smith? No, I do. Yeah. He sings... Uh, stay with me. Mm-hmm. He won a, a uh, Grammy for what? Stay was with it for that one? I think so. And then later he was sued by Tom Petty because it's the same music as "And I Won't yeah. Back Down" and gave him money for it. Yes. Um, but anyway, the London uh, or the British singer uh, made the revelation about his gender identity in an interview with the Times of London. He said he doesn't consider himself a cisgender man. Quote, I don't know what the title would be, but I feel just as much woman as I am man. Um, growing up, he said he was influenced by gender-bending pop stars like Boy George and Marilyn. He said, quote, people don't know this, but when I was 17, I remember becoming obsessed with Boy George and Marilyn. There was one moment in my life when I didn't own a piece of male clothing, really. I would wear full makeup every day at school, eyelashes, leggings with Doc Martens. That sounds hideous. Huge fur coats. Um, he was bullied, he says, for this manner of dressing, punched uh, one night in London as he was coming home from his bartending job. Um, and so <clears throat> all of the headlines after this interview were, oh, Sam Smith is gender non-binary. He's come out as gender non-binary. But then there was an article on the website Refinery29, which I'd never heard of, but apparently it's a thing. And a writer named Cassandra Brabaugh took umbrage with people calling Sam Smith gender binary because he didn't describe himself that way. She says that uh, calling him that would be all fine if he had actually said that he identifies as gender non-binary, which, uh, by the way, she says people don't usually say the word gender. They just say I'm non-binary. But Smith actually explicitly says in the interview that he isn't sure of what label he would use And if he's not ready to use a label, we should definitely not be forcing one on him. Gender identity is deeply personal, she writes, and something that a gender non-conforming person should tell you about themselves. So please, let's stop calling Smith gender non-binary and wait until he tells us what to say. I think we're all spending too much time on this. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I mean... But I guess, you know, I guess it's important for some people. it's It's important for everyone that they're identified the way that they identify. I I get that. And I respect that. I just think that, you know, (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) Does this matter so much? I think there's so much else going on in the world that, but again, I mean, I identify as a male and a bottom and and sometimes top. Um, once every 10 years <laughs> and uh, and so it's not an issue for me but if I mean I wouldn't want someone to identify me as a woman I don't know I'm a little skeptical with gender non-binary um, in general I do believe there are people out there who truly identify as gender non-binary and they should be identified as such that said I think there are a lot of people who are just looking for attention and do you agree, JB? And and I think that they uh, there's oh, fucking heartedly I do. And there's people that are just that hate labels of any kind. So it's like you know, uh, don't call me a Pisces because I'm not a typical Pisces. I don't identify as the Pisces. I mean, we, listen, as human beings, we label things. That's what we do. That's how we make sense of the world. 
right? One color is different from another color because one is red and one is green, right? And, and, and this tree looks different from this tree because of the way it's shaped. This is how our brain works. So I get that, I, uh, you know, people who are trans, 100%, if you feel like you are, the gender you are is not the gender that, that your body was assigned at birth, then 100%, let's go with that and let's, you know, use the proper pronouns and so forth. But Sam Smith, as the writer points out, isn't saying... I don't want to be he anymore. I'm not a man. He's just saying he doesn't know what he would call himself because he feels both male and female. And do you, now, do you think he's looking for attention here? You do. I don't know. I don't know Sam Smith well enough to, to question his motives, but it could be that when you're doing an interview, which usually means you're promoting an album, um, that you want to make headlines. And one really good way to make headlines is to come out with some sort of unusual identity. Right, JB? Let's not forget that when Sam Smith had first came out and his album dropped, he then had once album dropped, he then came out as gay. That's right. So I to me to hear this fuckery that oh Sam Smith is now gender binary, <laughs> it pisses me the fuck off. Like, let's be real, you you're releasing your album soon and you want people to get attention. Fine, whatever. But don't be don't don't just say, Oh, I don't know what specify myself as. You should. By by now you're a grown man, you should know which specifies yourself as. I'm I just don't think there are that many gender non-binary people out there in the world. And maybe that's my gender, maybe that's my binary phobia or my, my (laughs) my unigender privilege speaking. I don't know. But I feel like the fact that we never heard of this a year ago and now suddenly it's like so many people, I I think it may be a bit of a fad. And I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail for that. Um, but but keeping on the topic of Sam Smith, he is in a new relationship with someone that many of us know, or at least not know personally, but recognize, because it's one of the stars of the show 13 Reasons. His name is Brandon Flynn, and he, Scott, if you remember, we, Scott and I watched every episode together. Painfully. Painfully, because <laughs> a lot of it we thought was shit, oh but a lot of it we liked, especially Wilson Cruz. Um, yes. But Brandon Flynn played the uh, very straight football player. I who, wouldn't. I mean, yeah, he played. I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely not a gay character at all. He's not the one on the show that I would have picked out as gay. Um, but yes, news of Sam Smith's romance with the American actor broke earlier this month when the pair were pictured uh, looking very lovey-dovey on the streets of New York. Uh, the pictures were published just dazed after Brandon, who played troubled high schooler Justin Foley in the Netflix teen drama series 13 Re- uh, Reasons, public- publicly confirmed that he is part of the LGBTQ community. And actually, he did so for a great reason. JB, he wasn't promoting anything for himself. He was urging Australians to vote for marriage equality. There's an ongoing fight over marriage equality in Australia. And 24-year-old Justin Foley wrote, Quote, too many of my friends have been kicked out of their homes, kept in the closet, beat up, killed, ridiculed by church and state, institutionalized. And you are scared that if we vote yes, you won't be able to show your hate for us. Fuck that. We've been scared shitless our whole lives thanks to all the stigmas that surround us. Wow. That's really great. So that's a great reason to come out in the press. Yes. I mean, I don't. Okay, so I'm not I'm not knocking his. I I get why you're coming out for that reason. I understand that. But. Again, I feel like if you're coming out for uh, underhanded reasons, it's not like this is this is more of a grow of of global awareness more than you promoting yourself. I said, so yeah, totally. That, that's how I feel. With with I'm going back to Sam Smith because again, personal the person of interest, 
who does this only to promote himself. Well, speaking of which, JB, Sam Smith is gearing up to release his second studio album, (laughs) The Thrill of It All, on November 3rd. So take take that as you will. Meanwhile, my favorite news story of the past month, a couple in Florida ordered some storage containers from Amazon.com, and what they got delivered was 65 pounds of marijuana. <laughs> Can you imagine? How does that even happen? Did we, did, I didn't read the article. So Explain. they ordered four, what they thought were four empty storage bins, and the bins show up, and they, hold, they try to lift the package, and it weighs 93 and a half pounds. Now, wow. those storage bins weigh like five pounds each. They're really light. Um, the Orlando, Florida woman said, quote, they were extremely heavy, more heavy than you would think from ordering four empty bins. Uh, they called the police after discovering the tightly wrapped compacted bales of marijuana, which were then seized. But their ordeal isn't over yet because they now fear repercussions from whoever accidentally shipped these drugs because 65 pounds of marijuana has a street value of around $200,000. So they freaked out. They were afraid someone was going to break into their home and kill them and take the pot back. Uh, Possessing more than 25 pounds is a felony punishable by mandatory sentence between 3 and 15 years. This is the most hilarious part of the story. The couple sought an apology from Amazon and an explanation, and they went back and forth. You know, it's very hard to get a live person with Amazon. You're just sending emails to, like, a bot. Finally, they get from Amazon a $150 gift card with an email reading, I'm unable to do anything else at this time. (laughs) You know, from some Amazon worker who probably works in, like, Pakistan or something. In a statement, Amazon said that its customer service team was uh, investigating and they will cooperate with law enforcement authorities to figure out um, how this happened. There have been no arrests yet. Wow. (coughs) I've still got my cold, Scott. It's been two weeks. Yes. I think I've picked up a super bug. Stay away from me. Yeah, I probably got it from you. Meanwhile, another big story that um, was huge news here in New York City. On uh, October 17th, an escaped cow was found running around Brooklyn. This escaped cow uh, was in the neighborhood of Park Slope, where I lived once upon a time. It had escaped from a slaughterhouse. Witnesses said they saw the cow sprinting up 17th Street uh, in... in, um, Park Slope, an NYPD spokesman told the Gothamist website that the cow was near the 78th precinct. It was chased around for hours. And uh, the best part of the story were that people were tweeting in real time, people in Brooklyn. Someone tweeted, just saw a cow bolting up 17th Street on the sidewalk in case I thought there was nothing new to be seen after a lifetime in New York City. I believe we have some audio of the cow as it was being chased around. Someone else tweeted, I heard helicopters all morning, so I decided to look out the window and found out that there's a cow in the backyard, LOL. <laughs> Finally, after the cow was uh, apprehended, Anson Screamy at Time Out Donnelly tweeted, The cow has been caught, so all of your cow tweets are now moot. <laughs> M-O-O-O-T. <laughs> See, I like that. I like a good pun. The good news is that the cow, which had been on its way to slaughter, is now at Farm Sanctuary. It has been rescued from the slaughterhouse. They have a policy, apparently, of when a cow actually escapes one of these places, they reward it 
they so, feel like if it needs to live that badly, that's unbelievable. They send really? it to a sanctuary. Yeah. Um, and of course, vegans and other animal rights activists uh, were saying, if you were disturbed by what you saw today and were rooting for the life of this brave individual to be spared, please consider honoring the lives of the 11 billion animals who are slaughtered each year in equally horrific conditions by the meat industry by decreasing or eliminating meat entirely from your diet. And I agree because I am vegan-ish. I'm vegan-ish too. I, I may fish. have eaten Doritos with powdered cheese on them Not sometime in the past week, but I am usually vegan. Speaking of animals, Scott. Yes. Do you know what the oldest living creature on Earth is? Is it you? No. <laughs> Are you sure? But close. Um, so I, did, I purposely didn't tell Scott the answer to this uh, riddle, and he's going to take some guesses as okay. to what the oldest living creature on Earth, what kind of species no, it is. Now, does it, I mean, oh, should I guess the species first? Is it an insect? No. Oh. Is it a reptile? Uh, I believe so. Uh, <laughs> Is it a crocodile? No. Reptile? I mean, <laughs> I mean alligator. No. Wait, wait. Is it, it's uh, 186 years old, I'll tell you that. Oh. Its name is Jonathan. Wait. I Oh, I know. Is it a rhino? No. Oh, am I close? Katie, Katie, do you have a guess? I think it's a turtle. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Sea turtle. Jonathan is a 186-year-old tortoise, and he's gay. Yes, queen. How how do we know that? Because he's gay. He's finally decided to come out of his shell. (laughs) Don't worry. There are more puns to come. Back in the 80s, locals gifted Jonathan what, what they thought was a female partner in a bid to let him live out his final years in love. However, many of them became baffled over the course of 26 years that the smitten pair of turtles never managed to have any offspring. But as it turns out, Jonathan's partner, Frederica, is actually Frederick. Yes, queen! They're both male. And they're both tops. They've been happily living together for almost three decades without anyone being aware that they were actually two males shacking up together. Apparently, differences in tortoise sex organs are not always obvious. They must have really small dicks if you can't tell. Wait, but are are they having sex? No, yes, they've had like some kind of I think mounting sex. But there's wow. been no offspring and that's when they discovered that Frederica was really Frederick. Wow. Or possibly gender non-binary like Sam Smith. Locals are awaiting final tests to confirm Frederica's sex. They're still not sure. Um but uh but he is officially the oldest gay icon on earth. Surpassing both Cher and Madonna. (laughs) I love that story. In other gay news, do you know about this case, this bakery case that's pending in front of the Supreme Court, Scott? I do not. I know there's a lot of cake talk. So (laughs) a bakery uh, out in, uh, I believe it's Colorado, um, called Masterpiece Bake Shop refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple. And so uh, the gay couple sued, and it's the case has gone all the way up to the Supreme Court. A ruling is decided December 5th. This is one of the most important cases. Um, you know that um, conservatives, right-wing conservatives, including Donald Trump and Mike Pence, believe that religious freedom, quote-unquote, means that the freedom to 
rampantly discriminate against people simply because of their LGBTQ. So if I'm gay and I walk into your shop, you should have the right to say, I'm a Christian, get out. I won't serve you. Which is it's absolutely illegal. Um, if you're a bakery, you don't have to make a penis cake. You're not required to do that if that's not something you normally make. But if you make wedding cakes, you have to make wedding cakes for all your customers. You can't single out one customer or one couple and say, you're gay or you're black or you're women or whatever it is. Um, so this is an important case, and it's one of those cases where it's all going to come down to Justice Kennedy, who's right in the middle. Uh, and it's why it's so terrifying that Donald Trump is president, because Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like 170 years old. She's hanging on by a thread. And if and when she kicks off, Trump's going to get another Supreme Court justice. He's already gotten one. If he gets two, we are fucked. Yep. We are all fucked. And you have no idea how badly we're fucked. Mike Pence is a rabid homophobe. And Donald Trump doesn't give a shit one way or the other what happens to us. So he's going to let Pence do whatever he wants. And that's why we're seeing a rollback on so many LGBT produ- uh, protections. And, you know, religious liberty is Mike Pence's big banner that uh, under which he uh, crawls. Anyway, this story caught my eye this week because there has been a group of um, anti-gay protesters outside the Supreme Court. They show up every day. They call themselves public advocate of the United States. And they are standing up for Masterpiece Cake Shop. They want uh, discrimination. They believe they're defending religious liberty. And they have um, written a, a terrible song called Cakey Breaky Heart to the tune of Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart. And they do a, a line dance along with the song. They hold up signs that say, Free the Cake Baker. And um, I want you to listen to how wretched this song is that they've come up with. I mean, that was painful. It's so bad for so many reasons. First of all, they're they're terrible singers. <laughs> Second of all, they've sped up the song for some reason. Achy Breaky Heart is, does not go that fast. The lyrics are terrible and don't rhyme. Here, I know you couldn't hear what the fuck they were saying because they can't enunciate. The lyrics are, "You can say my work didn't rock your world." They're trying to to rhyme work with world. You can take your business someplace else. You can tell your friends. Don't buy a cake from him. Again, no rhyme. And write and post a bad review on Yelp. They're rhyming else with Yelp. Yeah. But don't sue my shop, my masterpiece cake shop, because I wouldn't make a wedding cake for men. Because if you sue my shop, my masterpiece cake shop, I may never bake another cake again. The meter's bad. The rhyme scheme is terrible. The singing is bad. This is just proof that homophobic people have no talent and no creativity. Yeah, they should lose the case just based on this. I agree. I think they should be brought into the Supreme Court and forced to perform that. (laughs) And then all nine justices will be like, we find against this homophobic bakery. (laughs) They're such assholes. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine spending their time, spending your time outside the Supreme Court every day, fighting for the right of bakers to discriminate against gay people, with I, everything going on in the world? And this is uh, this is the second time that uh, a, a cake bake shop has made headlines, right? There's yes, a, but it's never gone to the Supreme Court, and that's why this is going to be very. This will set a precedent for for years or decades for baked goods everywhere. Not just baked goods, but for yeah. any kind of accommodation based on religious. Freedom. I mean, here's the thing. Anyone can create their own religion. I can be like, my religion says um, that I will, don't want any ugly people in my store. I, I belong to the Church of Beautification. And if you're not really hot, then get the fuck out. Yep. And that would be legal if this becomes legal. Meanwhile, back to our favorite topic, gay porn. Love it. But apparently gay porn's not good for you, Scott. I've been saying this for years. Especially yeah. you. <laughs> a new study published last month in the Archives of Sexual Behavior have, has found that there are links between body dysmorphia and gay porn consumption. Scott actually has body dysmorphia. It's true. He's always thinks he's fat. I, I am, though. You're not. <laughs> the study found a link between negative body image and also between negative body image and engaging in risky sex or not taking HIV medication on time. They used a sample of 1,071 gay and bisexual men. Um, the name of the study was Viewing Sexually Explicit Media and Its Association with Mental Health Among Gay and Bisexual Men Across the United States. And it found that the greater the consumption of sexually explicit material, the more negative body attitude and depressive and anxious symptomology... I believe we have some sound effects of, of gay porn. Oh! That was actually Scott last night at the, or t- last week at the Halloween party, I should say. Um, in an interview with Vice, and, and, and think about this, this makes sense, because the guys in porn are beautiful. They're muscular, they're young, they're fit, they have huge cocks. Of course, if we watch a lot of that, then we're going to feel like we don't measure up in more ways than one. Um... As I said, there's also a a link between watching porn and engaging in risky sex from a broader mental health issues, uh, a broader mental health uh, standpoint. Gay men must grapple on this uh, on a grapple with this on a daily basis. Stigma, discrimination, stress, being part of a marginalized group. Basically, porn is no good for you. Well, I'll tell you this. I haven't watched porn in five weeks. I've had incredible sex with my sex partners. Many, many (laughs) sex partners, we should say. And I do feel better about my body, but that's also because I don't eat anything after 6.30. Yeah, Scott's on this crazy diet where there's no food of any kind after 6.30. He's not, he hasn't lost a single pound, <laughs> no, but he's have. convinced that this is... I have lost a bunch of pounds. But I, I stopped watching porn a long time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I stopped watching porn. I mean, I've, you know, I go on and off at Scott, but yeah. I've been off it for months now and again. And I just think it makes everything better. It definitely makes sex with real partners better. So much better, more intimate, and I and it and you know when I when you watch porn and jerk off, if you're a guy at least, you just become disassociated yep. from everything. It just becomes like a numbing thing, and you know why do we, why should we be numb all the time? Um, on that note, BuzzFeed uh, did a survey. They they had eleven sex questions for men who have sex with men, not just gay men, but also bi men and men who are on the DL. Any man who has sex with man could answer the survey. They've had 3,000 responses and counting. Um, and Scott, what I want to ask you, I want to ask you to answer these questions, but also guess what the percentages were of people who said one way or the other. 
Um, this is this is where we could really use the gay porn sound effects, JB. But maybe you don't have that ready. Okay, number one, would you identify yourself as? There we go. Would you identify yourself as more top or more bottom? More bottom. What percentage of people of gay people do you think said that? Sixty-five percent. No, the number one answer was verse. Thirty-eight percent. Thirty-one percent said bottom. Twenty percent said uh, top, bottom. and eleven percent said neither. That's weird. If you could only do one position for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Bottom. Bottom. 55% said bottom. 45% said top. That's why there's always more bottoms looking for dick than there is dick. Um, who do you? This one shocked me. Who do you think has to put in the most effort during sex, the top or the bottom? I think bottom. I agree, JB. Top came in 67% to 33%. Wow. I, I will tell you this. When I first came out and started having sex i you know i was the bottom with my boyfriend and i was like oh I'll, it's great bottom is easier but i think it's the prep work that's really oh my struggling. god it's endless it's endless prep work um what do you think is the best position for bottoming here are your choices spoon cowboy missionary or doggy I mean, in terms of what's my favorite? What's the best basic sex position for bottoming? Um, I'm going to say doggy. <laughs> doggy came in first with 48%. Um, would you date someone who is the same sexual position as you? In other words, if you're a bottom, would you date another bottom? Top dating a top? No. 70% bottom. said yes. What? 70% said sex is not always the most important thing in a relationship. Would you say you are more dominant or submissive during sex or somewhere in between? Submissive. Somewhere in between came in first with 44%. Submissive was next. Only 19% said they were dumb. Mm. Uh, would you say you're more kinky, vanilla, or somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. That was the number one answer, 53%. Do you like dirty talk during sex? No. Six- <laughs> that sounds like a woman. <laughs> 64% said, yes, they do like dirty talk, and I am one of them. You are? Oh, I love dirty talk, if it's done well. I'm filthy. My mouth is disgusting in bed. Um, how do you feel about other... This is a weird question. How do you feel about other people's cum during sex? The choices were, I don't mind it, or keep it as far away from me as possible. I, I don't mind it. Are you kidding me? Oh, I love it. Give it I, to that's me. what I thought some people would say. I actually don't care for it, but 83% said I don't mind You don't it. care? Really? I don't. It's just like a mess to me. It doesn't turn me on. My boyfriend oh. my, my boyfriend also doesn't care for it. He tells me keep that away from him. Yeah. I'm like, okay. What? Well, he's part but of the I swallow everything, though. It's the best part. I found this one fascinating. Have you ever watched straight porn while masturbating? Yes. 71% said yes. I have, but only when there wasn't any gay porn available. No, sometimes I've gone to it. My ex used to love watching um, really big hung guys like fuck the shit out of women and I never understood what that was about um, and finally do you believe the rumor quote unquote that there's way more bottoms than tops in the world yes I don't think it's a rumor it's not it's a fact. rumor it's fact this right? survey proves it yeah, exactly. 54% though think it is a rumor and 46% say yes tops are nearly extinct <laughs> extinct like the mastodon yeah um, and finally, before we get to our live guest, uh, Cocktails and Cock Talk, my favorite website in the world, um, had a series on the five most ridiculous porn scenes. This is on the heels of the not in front of my salad scene that went viral. Yes. Um, this one is very similar. It's a guy who's a, a vacuum cleaner, shows up at a straight couple's house to sell them a vacuum cleaner. 
the husband and he go off into the living room to discuss the vacuum cleaner. The wife is like visible in the background. She's like doing housework. The two guys are on the sofa. One of the guys starts fucking the other. And the following conversation ensues between the wife and the husband. Hit it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm uh, I'm trying to get this. Uh, I'm vacuuming the couch right now, actually. And this this attachment works great on the upholstery. Getting the pillows. Well, I'm glad you're doing vacuuming so much. You really never clean anything. Yeah, I think it's uh, something I'm going to start uh, doing more of. Good, that's awesome. So he's vacuuming the sofa while he's fucking the other guy. Unbelievable. I don't find these situations hot. No. I, I don't really want a woman there. But that's a real genre. Like, a lot of people are into it. I, I feel like it's, it's a real genre because it's, it's, again, dealing with a bisexual man. He has a wife, and you get to suck his dick. And that it's turns really, you on. Oh, yeah. Like, I... I know the backstory. They used to the backstory. I was like, oh, I see why this could be hot. Because, again, if I'm fucking around with my boyfriend and he has a girlfriend, I think that's pretty hot. You want her to watch? I don't want her to watch. Or to be, you know, stupidly unaware in the next room? Yeah. Be stupidly unaware. Don't, just don't touch me. <laughs> I, if, if it was more believable, that's, that scene is uh, kind of unbelievable for me. If there was, like, a scene where a guy was with his girlfriend and the guy was at a rest stop and was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then hooked up with someone in the bathroom, like, that's hot. Because you've done it. Well, our, our guest today is a woman who would never do housework while her husband fucked a vacuum cleaner salesman. She is a hugely successful comedian and pop culture commentator whose list of credits is longer than JB's penis. VH1's Big Morning Buzz Live, Best Week Ever, The Jenny McCarthy Show, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Lopez Tonight, Comedy Central, and Last Comic Standing. She was nominated for a new Now Next Award. Please welcome my good friend, the beautiful and boobalicious Michelle Buteau. Hi. On Michelle. Oh my God. Welcome you, to the ass. You need to be hosting the Golden Globes. You are on it, my friend. I agree. <laughs> you are a good host. Why am I such an unsuccessful comedian, Michelle? We've been doing it at the same amount of time. You're a fucking star and I'm dog shit. No, you're not dog shit. <laughs> kind of dog shit. <laughs> you're not dog do you shit. Remember, do you remember how we met? I remember the night we met. No. No. It was the birthday roast of Audrey Amy. Oh, my God. Do you remember her? How the fuck is Audrey Amy? Oh, sorry. Can I say fuck? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Please. We were just <laughs> I know. Like I know. butt fucking on the air. <laughs> Do you remember, though? Audrey Amy was a comedian that we both knew. She had comics roast her for her birthday. Yes. I'd never seen you. I'd never heard of you. This is going back like 15 years. Yeah, this is a long time ago. I remember you- that night because... That was the last time I had Olive Garden because it was in Times Square <laughs> and it was the Olive Garden in Times Square. And I was like, let's see what this never ending bowl of pasta is about. Let's like reclaim like childhood memories. And it was disgusting. It was bad. right? Yeah, I felt I, I was like, oh, I yeah. could not tell when you were on stage that you were bloated. I just remember that you were so funny and really mm-hmm. different from anyone I had seen. And I'd only been doing stand up a short time. And I was like, I got to know her. And I went and I chased you afterwards and I was like, I want you to headline my show. I have this show at Therapy Lounge. And and then you became one of the regular headliners there. Oh, my God. That show was so much fun. It was good times. I was thinking about you the other day because I was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in San Diego. Mm, where I moved. Yeah. And I was like, how did you do, how did you do this? It wasn't easy, honey. Oh, my God. Not, not my city. So many neck tattoos and like. <laughs> well, that I like. 
Oh, okay. I was like, neck tattoos, fish tacos, white people in red pants <laughs> with boats. <laughs> like, just... It's a very conservative city. It is. Because it's because the military is such an influence there. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's happened in all the years that we've known each other is, first of all, you became a star. And second Stop of all... It, you're a star. And you got married. Yes. You're an old married lady I'm an now. old married hag now. How is married life? I fucking love it. You married yourself a, a what is he, a Norwegian? Or? He's Dutch, same thing. Yeah. They're all inbred. Tall, white, <laughs> blonde guy, big dick. Yeah, well, you know, um, he is only 6'1", which is like short by Dutch standards. Yeah. And he's bald, which I find very sexy. I do too. And he's got a lot of chest hair. And I, ew, it's so gross. I love him. It's nine years. Amazing that One you've been together stand. nine years. How did you meet? One night stand. I, um, when you were performing over there? No, in Brooklyn. See, I was, I was actually... I didn't, a hoe I grows didn't. in Brooklyn. <laughs> I was out on this date with like this musician, and I'm doing air quotes because like he played Third Street Promenade. And, <laughs> um, and he just had like a homeless vibe about him. You know what I mean? Like always had a suitcase, definitely slept on couches. But I was like, he's hot. And so, <laughs> <clears throat> thank you. And so um, I was out on a date with him. And I remember him and I were out to dinner and he had like a couple of light skinned black girls with curly hair that looked like a better version of me drop by dinner just to say hi. And I was like, does this motherfucker have plan B's? And so I was like, I want to go to the, this place named um, Bembe because the dancing is like off the hook. It's free every night. It's like a Lenny Kravitz video. It's just like, uns, uns, uns. like, you know, like overpriced guava <laughs> drinks <laughs> and like linen tank tops and just like world music. It's like where Shakira goes to fucking hang. You yeah. know what I mean? And like Lisa Bonet is like, I love Bembe. She, I don't even know if she knows it, but I feel like she's in your fantasy, in my fantasy. She hangs out there. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like braiding her dreads. And so. <laughs> And so we're driving. I'm with this dude, this white dude from Louisiana, like this so-called musician. And I was like, so what's the deal? Like, what's going on with us? Because, you know, we're on the bridge. I'm paying for this taxi. This motherfucker got no money. So I was like, what is the deal? M Plus, he just bought a suitcase in Times Square and he's walking oh, around the no. empty suitcase. I was like, this nobody is all buys crazy. luggage in Times Square. Yeah, I think he's I think he was homeless. And then he's like, to be honest, you know. If I'm going to be with a black girl, I want her to have darker skin so my kids will look like you. And this is still the shitty old boyfriend. This isn't the husband Yeah, this yet. isn't even okay. a boyfriend. Uh, okay. This is just like some dude. I was like, right. maybe. And um, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty fucked up like, yeah. that you think about it so hard. It's gross. Even the taxi driver is just like, why are you doing this, girl? <laughs> <And so> <laughs> also, <laughs> if that's really the reason, make up a different reason. Make up another reason. Just say, uh, no. you know, uh, you're a bitch or that's whatever. Yeah, that's a shitty reason. That You're is too like a light. Hitler reason. It's yeah. just like, get the fuck out of here, weirdo. Like, you fucking, what am I, your fetish? That is not so Raven. And so, <laughs> and so we get we get to Bembe, and security's like, you can't bring a suitcase in here. And I'm like, no shit. What do you, you, what do, you do with the suitcase? He puts it like between two garbage cans. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm done. And so... I just go off and, you know, start chatting people up and I'm disco spinning by myself in a corner with a margarita. <laughs> He's talking to like, I don't know, Leslie Jones or whoever. Lisa Bonet. <laughs> yeah, Lisa Bonet. And, um, and my, um, my now husband came up to me and was just like, do you want to dance? And I'm like, yes. That's awesome. And we've been dancing sounded, ever since. But it was like, do you want to dance? Right? Because he's Dutch. 
Um, yeah, but that's not a Dutch hack. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to dance? It's hard to better? do a Dutch accent. It's like kind of German. Ooh, don't tell them that. They but guess like, what? They don't like the crowds. <laughs> so we actually have some uh, some of your material about being married. Oh no! To this Dutch man. Let's oh, no. uh, let's take a listen to Miss Michelle Buteau on stage. Okay. No, no I really do love him. It's it's really love. Um, He's uh, white. I like him anyways. Um, I do. I could take him places. He wears shoes. <laughs> he's adorable. He's European, so he's like vintage white. What? Yeah. That, oh, gee, Caucasian. He's great. And what's so crazy is like when I was dating like him, my friends were like, oh, girl, he's European white. How do you deal with all them Christmas presents under... The tree. I'm like, bitch, it is like a banana. You peel it back and have breakfast. Yay! That's a foreskin joke. Hey, it's just like extra skin up on your chicken. It's tasty, salty. What? In the point system. Yeah. Getting nasty. Salty stick. Getting nasty. Whatever, I love him. You know what it's like to be married? You still want to suck a man's dick off? You know what I'm saying, bitch? You don't know. Here's the deal. It is lovely. It's lovely. I still want to have sex sober and a mirror. I'm like, who am I? What is happening? It's a new day. It's a new dawn. I... Thank you for bitches. Um... Yeah, I call his face Ikea because I use it as a chair. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate listening to myself. Do you myself. not remember that? No. <laughs> I found that on YouTube. It was oh, just a couple God. years ago. You're oh. so fucking hilarious. Why don't you like listening to that? Oh, Listening to yourself, it's like... It's my favorite thing in the world. Adam I, loves it. Oh, my... Are you serious? I cannot listen to myself. I cannot watch myself. That's crazy no. to me. Yeah, no. I, 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 it's like... It's like giving yourself a pap spirit. It doesn't feel normal. <laughs> You're the only comic I know who doesn't want to watch or listen to herself. Because that's how do you how do you you know how do you work on your set if you don't watch yourself? That's a great question. I need to work on my set. <laughs> no, you don't. You're always so funny. I just feel it. You just feel the crowd, right? I, I can't listen to myself. You're always so. I mean, what I love most about you on stage is you're always so present. You're always so ready to react to anything that anyone in the audience does. And it's not really crowd work per se, because you're not like, hey, where are you from? It's not that. It's that like you're just like you're watching and you're there yes. and you're in the moment. And that's what makes it se feel so exciting. Oh, thank you. It's um, it's really fun for me. Um, it's really hard to fall asleep at night because yeah. I'm like, my mind is just it can't stop. Me too. Right. But Hence the marijuana. Uh, but also, your comedy has evolved over time. You know, like I feel like if you watch a set of yours from ten years ago, it's not. It's not. Not yeah. only is it not the same material, but it's not the same style. Like your style has evolved as you've become a, a, more of an adult and a married person. Like yeah, you change over time, and I think that's essential in in this business. You can't oh, be definitely. the person that you were twenty years ago I on know. stage. You can't. You can't. Because that shit gets stale. It gets so stale. And um, what I really like about comedy now is um. I know a lot of people are like, where are the jokes? But I kind of like that people have these stories. Yeah, and me too. it's more about making a point than like going for a laugh because obviously we're funny. We can make anybody laugh, right? But like, what are you saying? I agree. Like now more than ever, words have power. Yes. And, and you know, the stakes are so much higher, I feel like, with everything that we do. Any kind of art right now yeah. has to mean something because there's just 
we're just so fucked. We're so yeah. fucked right now. Yeah. The whole world. It's crazy. Michelle, you texted me this week because a mutual acquaintance oh, of ours. We're getting into it. We're not going to name names. We're getting into it. Unlike Kathy Griffin, I don't name names, bitch. I don't burn bridges. Oh my bridges. God, I could not. I was like, should I call Harvey? We got to talk about Kathy <laughs> Well, we'll in a talk sec. about Kathy in a second. Okay. But you texted me because yeah. a, a, a comedian that we both know very well. Yes had clearly stolen a joke oh. from another comedian that we know very well. Oh. Her signature bit. Si- yes, her signature bit. She's been doing it for 20 years, and when I think of her, I think of this bit. Yes. Yeah. It's, what, it's a physical bit. Yes. It's like an act out. And he did it. Not only did he do it, he did it like as part of a festival where he was photographed on stage doing it. Yep. So you flipped out. Yeah. And rightfully so. And you actually contacted our friend whose bit it actually belongs to. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you did that. Ha- does Has this happened to you? Where you know, you, you see people do shit you know is yours. It has. I, I feel I feel like you told me too. Oh yes, I did tell yes, you Yes, you did and a lot of other people told me too. I, have I can't this... remember even now who it was, but I, I remember do. I saw a joke, I heard a joke and I said, that's Buteau's joke. Yeah, 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 I do. It's this comedian. I have this joke, and it's one of the first jokes I ever wrote. I still do it on stage when I have to like do a longer set because I think it's a really good joke. And, and the joke is, people ask me, "You're black? How'd you get so light?" And I'm like, "It's called colonialism." Oh right. And now I remember who did it. Yes, exactly. And so I moved to L.A. and then this bitch started doing the joke in New York. It's like, no, nah, honey, that's not how it works. <laughs> and then I moved back to New York and she moved to LA and started doing a jug on stage and I'm she like She kept doing it. She kept doing it and she was and I remember I unfriended her and so did my husband and she noticed for some reason and got in touch with me and she's like, Is there a reason um that you unfriended me? I'm like, Why do you care? Like also don't do my joke. Did you say that? <laughs> did you? Yes. That. And did she respond? She was like, um she said, um, it's not the same and are you the? You can't be the only light skinned black girl doing this job. She said something fucking ignorant. I was like, "Bitch, don't come for me unless I send for you." Stop it. She's not even that light. She ain't even that light. <laughs> which is just like, that's cool too. I, lo- I love. Work all for the, you. I love all the shades. However, <laughs> bitch, write write your own damn shit. Yeah. I people stealing, and it happens a lot. And I understand like being around someone and like liking their essence and like when I'm around southern people I start saying y'all like I get it right like, if it's infectious but you know if you stole some money shit. right I mean there are times when I've written a joke and I think like oh this is really smart this is really funny and then before I even do it on stage I'll be like oh fuck it's exactly like this other person's joke and I and I wasn't trying to steal it right I thought that I had this original thought in my head but it was actually like a little record playing of someone else's bit, but I always realize it. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gone on stage and literally done someone else's bit. Right. I hope I haven't, because it's the. There's a problem with comedy. We can't copyright our shit. Yeah. If you write a book, a TV show, a movie, if you paint a picture, anything can be uh, trademarked, copyrighted. You can have a patent. Comedy. We're just talking on stage, and you I know. can't trademark I talking. Know. I know. It sucks. It sucks. And you work so hard on your shit. You work so hard. I did not read Amy Schumer's book, but this guy I was sitting next to on the plane did. 
And he, and he told me something that she wrote that I thought was really interesting. Um, it's really hard for comedians. People don't understand the joke writing process. Like if you're a musician, you could sing that song 40 years later. Right. But you can't do those jokes. Like once you have a joke, it's like, boom, done. Now you have to do the next hour. If you're famous. If you're Amy Schumer. I mean, I, yes. I've been doing the same tired old shit for 15 years because no one's ever heard it. But Would you stop? But, but no, it's true. The bigger you get, the more new material you yes. need because people know you. People know what you can do. Speaking of Schumer, she was accused of being a joke thief. That's true. I defended her. Oh. My feeling was, with, with regard to um, Patrice's bit, what he had done... He was talking about something that was already out there in the ethos, right? It was in the pop culture. Yes. People knew about these things, a Houdini, uh, uh, so forth. So he didn't write that so much as I feel like he, um, you know, observed that, heard that, and repeated it on stage. What Schumer did was repeat the same shit and then put a totally different tale on it that was nothing like Patrice's joke. Right. The fact that she made it like, you know, it's just rape. The Houdini is just right. It's not yeah. fair to Houdini. Yeah. And no woman has ever like looked behind her and been like, oh, that your friend's fucking me. I thought it was you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you. It, that was nothing like Patrice O'Neill's. Right. And Schumer's not going to do an hour of new material and then one minute that she stole. Why? Why do? Why would you do that? Why would anyone do that? Yeah. No, you have a point. You definitely have a fair point. You should have been a lawyer. <laughs> Among other things I should have done with my life. How are your parents, by the way? They're great. My dad just turned 82. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The, Is he still kicking it? Getting, yeah, they're doing They're doing great. They still travel. They move very slowly. Uh-huh. Walking down the street with them, it's like I could I could basically stand still and I'd still be ahead of them oh, by yeah. a block. Oh, yeah. But they're, um, they're very healthy for their age and... Uh, yeah, no, everything's good. Sisters are good. How's your family? Good. I mean, they're fine. My dad's 77. My mom's 70. They are like... So they're no spring chickens either. No, they have me later in life. And um, my dad is just like, I'll call him and be like, how you doing? He's like, well, I really want to die, but I kind of want to... Like, if you have a grandkid, I'll definitely won't die. I'll try to uh, hold on. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, all right, cool. Are you going to have kids? <laughs> I would love to have kids, yes. Seriously. <laughs> yes, I would love to have a kid. I, I mean, Michelle's kids. younger than me. Let's put it out there. How old are you? I'm 46, bitch. Oh, my God. You're 46? I am like senior citizen. God damn it. You look good. Thank you. Duh. Thank you. But, so, but you can, you're still of childbearing age. You can pop one Yeah, you, yeah. I just turned 40. So good for you. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Let's go back to Kathy. So okay. um, I sent you that video. I don't think you had seen it yet. That 17-minute I did. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I'm going to be honest. It's tough, right? It's tough. It's sad. It's. Do you talk at all or no? I do. <laughs> okay. This is my friend Scott. Hi, Michelle. Scott. Hi. How oh. are you, Michelle? Good. Have we met before? <laughs> uh, possibly. Maybe at a comedy show. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we did a show together at Duplex. That I was Scott about to was say Duplex, for. right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so Kathy is like. On the one hand, I feel bad for her, right? Because I'm just like, wow, she really wants to get. Um, her message out there but on the other hand I'm just like there's got to be a better way than this right and what is the message other than everybody fucked me over yes yeah join the club honey yeah I mean I think you know with um, all the Harveys and everybody like coming out and saying you know um, women are getting disrespected left right and center I guess she's jumping on that train yeah but also, like, 
I don't know how many times she brought up the two Emmys. I was like, all right, relax. Yeah. Well, you're not going to take down Bravo. I think you just hit it on the head. Like, if you're speaking out on behalf of women, that's one thing. But if you're using the cause of women to just air your grievances with every single person in the world, like, I don't, I don't think Kathy's problems are because she's a woman. I think Kathy's problems are because she's Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. yeah. It, it was almost like an entitlement. Like she, she's, she was, she felt like people should come to her defense. Right. Everyone should always defend her. No one's obligated to defend anyone. Yeah. You live your own goddamn life. You make your own choices Damn. and you deal with the consequences. Yes, Oprah, speak on it. I am Oprah. <laughs> her, her, her whole career was about controversy and, and talking bad about other celebrities. But I was talking. Yes. yes. Well, that's the other thing we we didn't bring up last week. It, 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 Scott's absolutely right. She made a fortune trashing women. Yeah. And men. Mm-hmm. But People. trashing them the way they look, the way they talk, the way they dress, everything. For her then to turn around and say that she's unfairly targeted by TMZ. TMZ and Kathy Griffin are in the same business. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Life on the D-list. I mean, and I was trying to say this last week. As someone who's in show business, Michelle, I mean, if you were to make a video of every person who was ever shitty to you... I don't have time. I wouldn't get anything done. I wouldn't get anything done. Are you serious? Sometimes comedy feels like like a blur. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a CrossFit class. I'm just like trying to get through it. Yeah. Have you done CrossFit? I tried with these tits. It was too much. I was like dead weight. I'm dead Cro- weight. With cross these tits. tits. <laughs> Scott does it. Have you? I mean, my point though is like, we all deal with shit. If you're going to be in this business, people are liars. People are scummy. People promise you things. You think you're going to get something, and then you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm sure women have it harder than men because women have it harder than men in life. Yes. But not every shitty thing that happens to a woman is because she's a woman. Not everything that happens to a gay person is because they're gay. Like, yes, we have an extra burden. Yeah. But also just people are shitty in general. People are shitty in general. And um, yeah, I, it can't always define you. You know, like relax. Don't be a victim. Yes. She's a victim. It also like it it was so weird because she was just like throwing out producers' names left, right, and center and she was just like, Yeah, and you know, and then she just left me and I'm like, Oh, the more she complains, the more it definitely feels like, Girl, this is you. Right. Who, yes, who, exactly. who who were the good guys in your life, Kathy? No one? There was oh, no man. good people, everyone was a villain, everyone fucked you over. I mean, come on, that people aren't always most people are not good or evil. Right. Most yeah. of us are just doing our own thing, trying to be make the right decisions and sometimes failing. Also, she tried to put Andy Cohen out there and just like he offered me cocaine before oh a show. God. I'm like, that's a great host. Yeah. yeah. Thank Good you. For him. I wish someone would you offer should, me cocaine. Do you know what I mean? No I'm one like... offered me coke on a live show. That's amazing. I mean, I do. <laughs> have some. She's like, I am not doing the show again because I don't feel comfortable. What? I would feel right at home. I would take my bra off and be like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Michelle, in the remaining five minutes, we have to play Ask Me No Questions. Oh. ASS Me No Questions oh. for Adam Sank Show. This is when uh, I fire stupid questions at you and you just answer them off the top of your head. Ready? Okay. okay. Will Donald Trump serve out a full term? Uh, Hopefully not. Butt sex, pro or anti? Pro. You are. I am. You go, Miss Buto. I'm going, honey. By the way, do I say your name right? Is it Buto or Buto? Either way is fine. Because Buteau sounds real African to me. Ooh. And I always thought it was a French word, like Buteau. Yeah, Buteau derives from bateau, which is French for boat, because my people came over on a boat, not by choice. 
Okay. So there's that. I like so that. So the the security guard downstairs is Haitian, and he recognized my name right away, and he's like, oh, I know your family. I was like, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know where this goes right away. <laughs> but back to the butt sex. Yes. Is this a regular part of your uh, your love life? No, not it's regular. Special occasions. Special occasions. I don't understand. It is a lot of prep work. Yeah, right? It's, uh, it's more work for the bottom. Uh, and I got I have so many holes to take care of. A lot of holes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. It's a lie. I can barely fold my laundry and do my taxes on time. <laughs> I got a list. I got a to-do list. Should white people rap? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I mean, if they have a gift, great. Like, if you're Eminem and you really want to fucking share your voice with people, fine. But if you're going to do it just to be cool, like... Um, Iggy Azalea or whatever the fuck is that her name? Yeah, I don't even know if she's white. Is Iggy, I don't know what Iggy Azalea looks like. Is she white? Like. She's white. She's, she's Australian. Australian. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they got blind people too. Yeah. No. If black people can sing crunchy music, then white people can rap. There you go. Have you ever had a lesbian experience? Um. No. I've kissed. Like made out. I've made out, but I've never sucked a titty. I would love to. A titty even. I no. feel like a, a woman would just suck another woman's titty just as a joke, even you know. Like, <laughs> just like I don't know what kind of shows you doing. <laughs> I've sucked a lot of titties, Good but I was you. also like straight identified for a few years there. Okay, when I was much younger. Get it? Nobody was believing it, but I was trying. <laughs> I, I, I licked the puss. You I did live everything. your own will and grace, honey. That's yes. exactly right. <laughs> but never, not no like drunken night in college, going down no. on someone or no. I've done gross stuff like. Never mind. Now tell me. Come on, we have to know. <laughs> no, like a triple kiss or whatever the fuck that is. With two other people. Yeah. Have has a lesbian ever hit on you like after all a show? the time? Really? Oh my god. Because of the titties. Yeah, I, I want to say like more of my essence, but sure. So you have a big <laughs> lesbian fan base, you think? Um, a decent amount. It could always be better. As, as well, you should. What's <laughs> the one food you will never put in your mouth? Pork. I can't do it. It makes my pussy itch. Literally makes your pussy itch. Yeah. That's a weird reaction. It's a very weird reaction. I used to eat pork all the time, and I was like, what's happening? And then you just have to scratch down there in public. Yeah, yeah. And you can't do that when you're a woman, so I just have to like... Right, people think you have vaginitis. Yeah, yeah. Vaginitis with a dollop of HPV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat any meat anymore, Miss Buteau. I'm vegan. Oh, my God. I could tell. You guys look like you don't eat meat. Yeah, Scott Or dairy or sugar we're, or fun. We're yeah, both dairy. On I stopped... Uh, <laughs> I stopped dairy before I stopped eat, uh, meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my look definitely is like she eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this rosé chin? Yeah, with cheese. Can I tell you <laughs> something? <laughs> veganism and especially vegetarianism is much easier than you think it is. There's yeah. all these good substitutes I nowadays. I, I don't think it's hard. You just don't want to do it. No. Don't give a shit. Yeah. My blood type, I should be a vegetarian, but I love to cook. I, I cook a lot of vegetarian stuff. What's your favorite dish to cook? Anything. I can cook it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your dream gig... Dream gig? Yeah. It has many parts. Tell us. Dream gig. Um, on Syncom, um, that is um, a, a late night talk show. Um, and um, dream gig and, and movies. Lots of movies. Like like that Melissa McCarthy shit. Oh, I could totally see you in those kind of roles. Yeah, like a five picture deal. You're, yes. you're going to get it, honey. I know you will. Thank you. You deserve it. Ugh. Tell Tell our listeners how they can follow you on social media. Um, I'm on the Twitter and the Instagram and all that shit. And it's Michelle Buteau, B-U-T-E-A-U. You know, just double click on a picture or double tap on a picture and fucking we'll be friends. And she got YouTube videos she doesn't even know about. 
YouTube videos doesn't for days. even remember. Ah, I can't watch that shit. Where will you be uh, performing in the next few weeks so people can see you? Um, November 3rd, I'll be at Syracuse University. And November 9th to 11th, I'll be headlining the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington. Fabulous. Burlington yes. is beautiful this time of year. Last question. Yes. The worst thing a man has ever said to you in bed? Um, I usually don't like girls this big, but... I find you very attractive. <laughs> Shade. She is the greatest. Check her out at michellebuteau.com. Love her. By the way, this is breaking news. Since being on that episode, Michelle and her husband have welcomed twin babies. Oh, muzzle dog. That's another reason she no longer has time to do the co- the podcast, but congratulations to them. I hope you've enjoyed this lost ass. Ryan and I will be back with a brand new episode next Saturday with acclaimed gay mystery author Greg Heron, who's out with a new novel in his popular Scotty Bradley mystery series. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Follow Ryan at Ryan Frost Sting, JB at Stocking Anarchy 12. And have a great week, bitches. Goodbye. Bye, hoochies. Bye.